0: everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to the broad street hockey green room live post game my name is bill mats i am your director of fun and games for the evening they did it fam we did it let's do let's give them one Woo! a pair of 10 game losing streaks before the halfway point of the season doing anything 10 times in a row in the nhl is incredibly difficult doing it twice in 40 games Worthy of celebration, yours, mine, and our Philadelphia Flyers have reached a new level of ineptitude. Not since the 2010-2011 Colorado Avalanche has a team gone winless 10 straight times, twice in a season. Uh, That team, in case you're wondering, actually Colorado's streak, very impressive. I I was looking it up before we went live. They did it back-to-back. They lost 10. Won a game and then lost ten more straight. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, Philly not quite there, but basically uh, right there. They had that seven-game point streak that turned into a second, a second uh, ten-game losing streak. So that's a lot of fun. But uh, you know that Colorado team ended up drafting second overall. I know that is a cursed number for the Philadelphia Flyers drafting second. However. They were rewarded with a guy named Gabriel Landeskog. I think we'd all be happy with a Gabriel Landeskog. Now, of course, we'd prefer a Nathan McKinnon, a Kale McCarr, but fuck, if a Gabriel Landeskog wouldn't look awesome in orange and black. So uh, maybe, maybe this is uh, this is the rock bottom. Maybe this season is where it all begins again, uh, like WrestleMania 20, where it all begins again. But you know, it's it's watching this team the last couple of nights, the last two games they've looked – I mean, listen, they lack a ton of skill. They've got guys out of the lineup. Not an excuse, just, you know, context. They've got guys out of the lineup. They're actually playing kind of hard the last two nights. They're just loo- – now it's not even, oh, they quit. Oh, this and that. It's, they are just horrible. They're just a bad team. Uh, they played hard, played decently well the last few nights. And the skill that they lack, the inability to turn power plays into in, into goals, uh, just little mistakes that they make in the defensive zone ending up in the back of the net. Um, my God, they're just – they're going to lose so much. This isn't just a rough patch. Uh, we're going to go on a run. No, like they're playing well and losing. What happens when they start playing like shit again? And well is a relative term. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, they deserve to win this one. No, they fucking didn't. But like they played hard. They didn't play their worst game by means and they still lose. They still can't beat Elvis Merz Lincolns, who did play a great game. Uh, Let's give credit where it's due. Merz Lincolns did win this one for the uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But when you're playing poorly and also not getting luck. You are going to lose a ton, and that's where we are right now. So uh, let's hear what everyone has to say. Let's start getting to the speaker requests. Let's lead it off with Chris Toff. Chris, you're live on the post game.
2: All right, Bill. I don't know if you said this or not, um, but uh, someone tweeted the Flyers are the first team in NHL history to lose 10, I can't even say this right, 10, 10, have 10 game losing, two, 10 game losing, you can't even say it, in, in the first 40 games.
0: That's because because uh, uh, they said on the broadcast since a Colorado team did it, so I looked it up, and I figured it was the team that got McKinnon, but no, it was before that. It was 2010-11. Uh, they did it games 50 to games 70, which is incredible. They won once in between, uh, but they lost all those in the second half. So the team to do it, to take themselves completely out of it uh, <laughs> in the first 40 games. Like Saturday is the halfway point. We are not there yet, mm-hmm. and they have lost 20. In two 10-game losing increments.
2: It's, um, you know, it's it's actually kind of fun at this point. They're just such dog shit. Um, I feel bad for the people that are upset that they're losing. I mean, at this point, it's just so obvious.
0: Now, you have to remove, like, they're horrible. That's How can you even be upset at this point? Like, but, if the first 10-game winning streak didn't take it out of you, how didn't this one?
2: But the crazy thing is, right, if we just, like, go back in time to, like, September. I mean, who I know I know some of the analysts, the national analysts were saying this team was going to be like a bubble team. No one was predicting they were going to be this awful. And I know we don't have Ellis and you know, roll out all the excuses, but this team doesn't even deserve to be in the NHL. They are awful. I mean, they are terrible.
0: Whenever I see stats like the power play and shit like that where it's like they're 26th, they're 27th, I just think, like, those poor people who root for teams that are more inept for the, than the Flyers, how does that exist? How are there five teams, eight teams or whatever, worse at any one aspect of the game than the Philadelphia Flyers? It's, it's impressive,
2: quite honestly. Well, honest. and the best part was the team they played tonight was also awful. Stinks! I mean- the last few minutes, which team was worse? My goodness, that – I mean, Columbus couldn't hit the open net. Our six on five was typical, just pass it around, pass it around the perimeter, and then finally someone just gets bored and they just shoot it towards the net and then nothing happens. <laughs> <It's so sick. laughs> How is this possible? These are six NHL players that can't even get, like, a quality opportunity. Like uh- – Right before they
0: pulled Hart Jonesy on the on the Philly broadcast said, you know, I would I would consider putting Mayhew out there with the net empty. And my first reaction was like, well, that's fucking ass. And then I thought, why not? Right. What's the difference? <laughs> like, should, what is the difference?
2: They should let just some random fans come out. Maybe some fans would pay extra money and just have them come out. I mean, that'd be really entertaining. <laughs> listen, I would let, love let me let me, let me, let me I want to start a new thing I'm going to end with. I'm going to let, you, let other people talk, but I want to end with just remember what Chuck said, everybody. We are what we are. Thanks, Bill.
0: You got it, Chris. And they are. Uh, it is they are a bad team. It is evident uh, beyond. Uh, I got to This is bothering me. I didn't put a space between the post game and the 120, so I got to fix that. OK, that's fixed. All right. Yeah, they are. They're a bad team. That's all there is to it. They, they're nothing else. They're just. Hopefully they're not the, you know, earlier uh, during their bounce back from the last 10-game losing streak, I said, you know, they're the best of the bad teams. Hopefully they're not that. Hopefully this isn't even – hopefully this is more a reflection of who they are than uh, like a 500 team that's just playing poorly right now. Hopefully this is a team that's going to end up in the top five of the draft. That's, that's, That's all we can hope for at this point. Harris Barnes. Harris, you live in the first game.
1: Hey, Bill. Can you hear me?
0: Oh, I got you. How are you tonight, Harris?
1: Doing fine. Um, with this team's luck, you just kind of imagine they're going to pick sixth, draft like Mirosh Nechenko, He's going to sign a KHL deal, refuse to come over. then Never gonna, come over. And he's, <laughs> they're going to trade his rights for a couple like Scott Lawtons, essentially. Probably to the Rangers. Yeah. And, and then like the guys who drafted like seven through ten, they'll be really good players. Like. Nemec, for example, from Slovakia. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about this. Like, they're way more talented overall than Columbus, but, like, Columbus is not good. I've, like, seen them in person. And- you know,
0: I was thinking about that tonight. If the Flyers have their opening night lineup, sure, like with Kevin Hayes in there. Okay, true. Uh, Ellis. True. The lineup tonight... They're not more talented than <laughs> Gold Lake. Zach Wierenski is better than any of our defensemen. Uh, Voracek is close to as good as our best player. Uh, like, Rosovic, uh Line A, like, they have far better players than the Flyers at this point. But, like, Carter Marcus Hart kind of evens it out. Carter Hart kind of evens it out, but Merz Lincolns is capable of a great game, and he played one tonight.
1: Yeah, I just, like, there's something weird in recent years uh, with Flyers players that it seems like a lot of them... Harness their have harness their talent Too much like Provrov's the most Glaring example where it seems like I don't know what he is because it's It's almost like someone told him at some point Yeah you gotta can't play Offense as much because we need you to do Play defense but then he's not even Like a shutdown D it's the same thing with Sanheim like w- let them Play how they want to and then just work, work on like basic areas of just Playing a little bit better defense like that's what warensky does that's what guys like McCarr Do let them play that offensive style of game that got them drafted in the top 10 and then work on the minute areas in their own zone.
0: Like, and just, I hate the idea. Like there are, there are guys who can play shutdown hockey in this league. Uh, you know, Braun, when he was younger, could do it. Uh, Vlasic. You know, d- yeah. Like, yeah. Vlasic, uh, the dude, uh, Pelich, uh, Pelick, uh you know, Devin Taves, even though he's puts up some offenses, uh, very good defensively, but like, if you are on defense, you've already lost in this league. Like look at the penalties, the stick penalties and shit that get called. Not being aggressive is stupid. Like you're go- you're just going to okay, you didn't give up a goal cuz the goalie made three saves. Like that's the hope of being a shutdown defenseman at this point.
1: Uh yeah, and it's incredible how bad they are, but then you still take a look at their record and it's nowhere close to being as bad as Montreal's like I mean I guess the loser point has helped them some so they actually are way worse um, when you just look at pure losses but it's just it's incredible how how bad this is I mean yeah a lot of guys have been out COVID's wrecked parts of the season and but the goaltending hasn't been that bad that's like they just aren't scoring
0: yeah and that's we talked about that early when uh, they started to look like shit like what happens when the goaltending goes like there's gonna be a week. Uh, two weeks, a month, whatever, when the goalies are bad. Uh, Carter Hart, no matter what you think of him, all goalies go through slumps and stretches where they don't look good. What happens when that happens? So while right now it looks like, yeah, the loser point and the standings and everything, but I don't see this getting better anytime soon.
1: No. And and it's like, and you made the point, I think on the uh, latest BSH or maybe the last post game, like, yeah, Jones has come back down to earth and yeah. And then the losses continue because like Jones has not played really that badly, but the team can't score. So if like Jones lets in one soft one and and two normal ones, yeah, I think they're not going to win.
0: Yeah, them getting to three is like most teams getting to six. Like, forget four or five. Jesus, they, they're hard. They cannot score. I am shocked. Uh, and it took like a Mayhew prayer to get in there. But I am like watching this game tonight. It was very much feelings of like watching those old Devils games and just being like, oh, yeah, they ain't beating Brodeur tonight. And I'm not saying Elvis is door but just the way this team is, it was like, I can't believe they scored tonight.
1: And I think I'll close with this. I think the, the point that Kelly and Steph have made, and I, you have too, I, all of you guys have, but they made specifically is the team trying to go back to this old culture that like was good but wasn't winning cups consistently. And like they, a lot of these northern franchises, these older franchises, have this like, oh, we want to go back to how we did it back in the day and, like, I feel like it holds a lot of franchises back instead of, like, going with this new wave of thinking. And that's, like, why the, the Tampas of the world are so successful. They're not stuck in a mindset of, oh, we got to do it this way, so we're just going to do it how, like, hockey works.
0: And, yeah, it affects a lot, Harris. And that came up on the, like... Like, just thinking, like, talking about the Northeast teams, like, thinking about the big, bad Bruins. Sure, they're badasses, but you had, like, a guy who can – who has a legitimate claim to being one of the most skilled players ever, and Bobby Orr on that team. Uh, On the Bob Clark podcast that raised the whole, you know, controversy about all the Hextall comments and everything, he talked about the team's reputation versus the reality. And he was like, you know, sure, we had – we had some badasses, we had some fighters, we had some tough dudes, but, you know. Bob Clark, Bill Barber, there was a number of dudes on that team who were just skill great. Not just skill, like they they played a hard-nosed game, but they weren't going out slashing people in the head and, and fighting all the time. These were just really, really great players, and I feel like that gets lost sometimes. Like Wayne Simmons was an amazing flyer, and I loved the way he played and his attitude and uh, the toughness to drop the gloves and stick up for his teammates and the physicality and all that. But what made him special was scoring 28 to 30 goals every year, not like otherwise. He, you know, he's just a guy who, who will fight every now and then. But the fact that he was a legitimate goal-scoring threat for this team is why we absolutely love him and revere him still in this city. And I just think that gets lost sometimes. Like, you think of the reputation and the culture, and you forget the reality of the situation. Like, Bob Clark's one of the best players to ever play. You know, that uh, Bernie Perron's one of the best goalies ever. That's why they fucking won. It, you know, it, the Broad Street Bullies thing was a, a part of it, but the heart of the thing was they had Hall of Famers, you know? Uh, Stephen P., Stephen
3: P., you're live on the first. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight, Stephen? Doing right, So one of my first memories from listening to you and, and the BSH crew was, was you back in the day ranting about how the line of Vanderbilt and, uh, and Pebs were never going to score a goal. Late in the game. And I, that's one of the things that struck me going forward this season, just with all the injuries we've had. It, it just seems like half the team we're putting on the ice never has a chance to score. Um,
0: yeah, that's a, like for a team built on depth. Like when you look at their forward core, yeah, the 12 guys that they're supposed to have out there, yeah, they have good depth. But since a couple of them are out of the lineup, there's absolutely nothing behind them. And so now all of a sudden, like, yeah, one of Wilman or Mayhew has to play in the top nine. Like Zach McEwen, if he was, I tweeted this early, like if he was 5 to 10% better, he'd be a stud fourth liner. But he's not and he he spends a ton of time in the offensive zone i would love to see him in a, on a good fourth line but like he can't finish and when you ha- when you don't have anything at the top of your lineup like they they can't score you can't just have black holes out there like they do with their third and fourth lines at this point
3: it, the only thing that got me through this game cuz i for some reason i'm still watching these guys play um the only thing this game was I was, I was thinking I was like in the last decade, if you like put together the, like the worst roster you could of guys who played more than X amount of games, 10, 15, whatever, how many are on this year's team? And like, it's, 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 it's cause I feel like it's Yandel and like four or five of the forwards and maybe either Saylor or their, it's, it's a lot of guys. Um, It's, it's, Outside of Giroux, it's hard to watch, man. Uh, appreciate you doing this. Thanks for taking my time.
0: You got it, Stephen. Uh, just talking about what gets you through the games, I'll tell you, like most nights I'll bet something on the flyer, like not on the flyers, but on the game. Uh, tonight I had goal props for Atkinson and Voracek, and I also had them for first goal. And the game being scoreless through the first half of the game, man, that was a great sweat. That was a lot of fun. Uh, they didn't end up cashing. that's why you get, like, plus 1900 and shit on, like, first goal props. But that was a – I paid far more attention to the – up until the Columbus first goal than I would have otherwise. Uh, That was fun. So anyone out there, don't bet over your head. Don't be irresponsible. Don't be a dummy. Uh, But since we're all watching this shit, um, give yourself a reason to be interested. Uh, That was uh, that was some of the most fun I had. While, all those all those uh, Cam Atkinson scoring chances in the first half of the game, that was a ton of fun. Uh, Johnny Dyer. Johnny, you're live on the postgame. How's it, Bill? How are you tonight, Johnny?
4: I'm oh, all right, man. I, uh, I wanted to let you know I think, I think they can do more. I think they can have three 10-game losing streaks this season.
0: That's the kind of attitude I like to hear.
4: There you go, buddy. I thought you'd like that. They can do it. I believe in this team. Yeah, I mean, we're only – Saturday is the halfway point. Like, they still have
0: 42 games left. They can absolutely do three or four of these things. Get that record, boys.
4: You know what I mean? Get your name in the history books.
0: I was really thinking tonight, Johnny. uh, I always go on about the Flyers team uh, that ended up drafting JVR second overall, and, you know, uh, the Blackhawks had, like, the fifth worst record and ended up with Patrick Kane in the first pick. I always say that that Flyers team – I don't remember what their actual record was, but win loss, they were 22 and 60. Ooh. What do they have? 13 wins with 42 to go. They might not get to 22.
4: That's awesome. That's awesome. It, it, uh, you got to push off the bottom, right? Is that what they say? I don't know. Abso- yeah, you got you to gotta start somewhere. I, I have uh, just like I don't. I don't even want to talk about the game that much because why bother, right? It's yeah. Who gives a shit thing? But uh, I saw this. Um, uh my brother sent me this thing about a a a possible Giroux trade to Colorado um and I don't know like he just sent me this he wrote it out he didn't send me a link I don't know if it's a verified person I have no idea but uh it was um like Drew for I think um a first New Hook and a conditional second but I was like immediately drooling like I'll take Alex New Hook like I that'd be fantastic if we could just get him for Drew and that's not like I, I love Claude Giroux. He's he he might be my I don't know if he's my favorite flyer, but close to it. And I hate I'm gonna hate to see him go. But like, where do you think he, he's gonna go? They at the end of the game, the camera showed him kind of hunched over, and like he just looked defeated. Like he looks like he knows his time is short in Philadelphia. Like where does he go and how quick does he get there? Everybody, I know we all want to sell vets. Nobody's going to buy these these vets. Like why would you buy from this dumpster heap? But he,
0: yeah, I think teams I think teams will be interested in some of the vets with one year left. Like at a day or two before the deadline, like the type of like if Broussard's healthy, Martin Jones, I think there'll be a lot of interest in Risto Line and but Giroud. Like, that's all just asset accumulation and maybe with Risto. You try to make up what you gave up for him, get something back, so it's not a total loss. Um, Giroux, this is the crown jewel of this season. Trading Giroux and the return you get, man, just thinking it, like I have no idea where he's going to end up. Uh, you know, the broadcast the other night was all gung ho on him going to Boston, but like it's ESPN, so of course they were. Right. Uh, thinking about him in in Colorado, whether it's he's on the wing. And they can use them on the top two lines or like a ima- like J- Nazem Kadri's on pace for like 80 some assists. Imagine G like as your third line center or something. Oh like, I want like, I wonder if, if Colorado would straight up double down on offense. Like, you know what? We, we can't keep the puck out of our net. Our goalie isn't very good. Our defense, you know, outside of what they do offensively, we give up a lot fuck it, let's just try to score six goals a game. Like, that would be really something to watch him there.
4: I'd root for that, you know, six goals a game.
0: That'd be fun. I would just like to see a team win doing it so other teams try it. Like, it's such a copycat league, and everyone's, oh, you got to grind, you got to, you know, play playoff hockey, be the Islanders. I would love to see a team win by just blowing everybody out so then the rest of the league realizes, like, oh, having the best, having the most good players, that's the way to go.
4: Before I let you get to more calls, I'm sure you got, like, do you think other teams even chirp these guys anymore? Or do they, like, do they feel bad for these guys? I
0: mean, once you're out there, I think there's a – I mean, we saw a fight tonight. We saw Domi and Braun almost go. So I think once you're out there, it's it, it's competitive. But, like, come, a good teams coming in here, like, that's – the Flyers' best chance to win, in my mind, is against – Another is against a good team taking them lightly. Not so much like, yeah, you know, they have Buffalo on Saturday. Like you should beat Buffalo. But who knows? Like Buffalo played Dallas tough tonight. So they they beat Nashville a couple of nights ago. So I think their best chance to win is against good teams, just taking them lightly.
4: Right on. Thanks, man. I appreciate you doing this, Bill. This is uh, very cathartic and therapeutic for you. So hello, <laughs> thanks a lot
0: johnny uh i I got you yeah no i listen, I say it every I say it every post game. I am incredibly appreciative that anybody cares to talk about this team a little bit. Listen to a podcast about this team uh join in a post game even if you even if you don't talk, you're just in the chat doing whatever uh very appreciative that people through a decade of mediocrity and now the worst season we've had still actually care about this fucking team. And it's what makes me most upset. It's, and I'll get to the, we only have a few callers left. Uh, I'll get to you. Don't worry. Like, it's what makes me most upset about where the Flyers are and their what the future looks like right now is there are so many people who care. Like, I, you know, maybe we're not a hockey town anymore. Maybe the Flyers have faded into irrelevance because of their decade of mediocrity. But goddamn, like, think about how many—not just BSH. Think about how many podcasts there are, uh, there are in this town covering this hockey team exclusively. And I see the numbers. We all do well. Like, we are good. Uh, all of us uh, in, in this space are doing well, despite this team being basically irrelevant. And it just says a lot about this fan base that there are so many diehards, there are so many people who still give a shit about this team when the organization as a whole has been letting us down consistently for 10 years. My God. Ian Ackerman. Ian, you are live on the post.
5: What's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Ian? Not too bad. How about yourself? Very well. All right. So. I meant to bring this up the other night, and it looks like it might be coming true. But Timo Meyer is going to score more goals in one game than the Flyers are in a week. When he had five the other night,
4: he did get the five,
0: didn't he? Yeah. What? I mean, like the Flyers gave up hat tricks in like three out of four games at one point. Like basically everyone outscores them. Yeah. I saw Jake only had one goal coming in tonight. I was like, I. I'd put money on, too. Uh, It wasn't offered because I would have lost money on it. Thank God it wasn't offered. But, uh, like, their offensive ineptitude is astounding. You should be able to score more than a goal or two every night. Like, defense is illegal. Look at the shit they call. Look at how many power plays they get every single game. How? How are they this bad offensively? I could deal with a team that just couldn't keep the puck out of the net like last year. Like, all right, goaltending bounces back. We'll be better. No, goaltending has bounced back, and we got worse somehow.
5: Yeah, and I mean, the power play is just completely inept. I just don't understand. It just looks so disjointed. There's no uh, rhythm or what have you. It just, it's just a just discombobulated mess. They have no purpose on the power play. Like, yeah, every now and then they
0: attempt a set play or something, but I say it all – like, watching watching other power plays, you see what they're getting at. Like, tonight, they're trying to set up – uh the Columbus is trying to set up line A for, for a one-timer or get him in space, some sort of shot, him versus the goalie. You just The Flyers just don't seem to have a purpose offensively, especially on the power play.
5: Yeah, I agree. Um, the last thing I got for you is uh, kind of piggybacking on what you guys were talking about on uh, the latest B- uh, Broad Street Hockey podcast um, about, you know, thinking about better times in the past. Um I remember watching, uh, the first game of the 7 08 season. They were playing in Calgary. It was on hockey night in Canada. I came home from work, watched it, and I was, you know, curious to see about how Breer would do. And I remember they won that game three to two. Breer had two goals and, uh, you know, he ended up becoming a great player for us. And, uh, that's just something I'll always remember. So thanks for doing this. And, uh, hopefully we can have a better game on Saturday.
6: We'll
0: see, and I mean it's against Buffalo, so they shouldn't. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was something from that season. There's a lot of the oh the 0708 year. Uh, low key, one of the most like oh, everyone remembers 2010. Uh, but those two years prior, especially that first year after they had the awful season, then they you know, 08 they get back to the uh, Eastern Conference Final. I went to the home open. They played three on the road to start that 0708 year. And I went to the home opener. It was their fourth game, and it was my first game. And it t- is the first game I attended since the lockout. I was like, no, I'm not giving. I'm not giving the owners any money. Like after the lockout, I just wasn't gonna go to a game. And 0708 was my first time back, uh, the home opener. And a memory I always have is Jason Smith at the end of the game uh, blocked a shot, and then shot the puck the length of the ice. And hit the empty net, and that was his only goal of the season. Just little shit like that you remember, uh, things that made seasons fun. And guys, you know, I'll always love Jason Smith for his one year as captain and kind of righting the ship in uh, after that uh, horrible previous year. But it's just little shit like that you remember that you wish uh, this team could give you just a little something every now and then. Uh, Patrick Reed Miller, Patrick, you're live on the post
5: just go to cars.com It's magical.
0: Hey, Bill. How's it going? How are you tonight, Patrick?
5: I'm good. I, I got like two points, I guess. One, it's isn't it just funny how we still can't score on the power play, even though Michelle Terrian's gone at this?
0: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, have they gotten worse? Like it's worse now, right? And you know, Michelle, like he had to go. I, I was one of the people calling for that job. Uh, but actually, you know what? That's a great. That's a great point to bring up. Uh, that's something maybe I want to get to on the next BSH when I have the crew together. Like, you know, we always want to blame the coaches because we like a lot of the players and we see potential in a lot of the players. Uh, and granted, you know, right now. They have a power play unit that has Keith Yandel, Ivan Provorov, and Zach McEwen on it. So, like, they're kind of out of guys, but they can't score. They don't even get close to scoring on pretty much every power play.
2: I mean, all you got to do is cancel out Giroux
0: because that's, all we, that's, all, that's what they look for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, take away Giroux to, uh, to Atkinson, and then it's, we're hoping to get lucky. <laughs> And something I found funny—I don't watch post game on the TV that much, but they uh,
2: asked for Jonesy and Jack, uh, JJ's opinion, and Key Jones was like, "I—it's uh, kind of concerning when you lose ten games in a row twice, and you can't come up with any
0: answer." So I'm starting <laughs> to think they're frustrated. That's on my way. Like I—you I, know—I'm doing this, so I don't always see the post game on TV. But like walking through my living room on the way to do this, I just see them. Uh, Like J.J. and Jonesy and like their wrap up before they go to the before they go back to the studio and they're like trying to say analytical things and like, okay this is, you know, it's concerning when they do this and maybe they should have tried this when really like hats off to them for the professionalism. For just not saying they fucking suck. What do you want from me? Back to you, Al. Like <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I'd want to say if I was them. Waiting for that
5: to happen.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for doing these, Bill, as always.
0: You got it, Patrick. Thanks for joining. Uh, let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game.
2: Hey, Bill. Another fun night, huh?
0: Oh. Uh, um, you know, it was – uh, they
2: there was a hockey game. A couple of things. Boy, that crowd was empty tonight. I wonder if the players are – I mean, they have to notice that, and it's got to – I mean, it's got to hurt. You know, they, they're used to 20,000 people there, and there's maybe eight. And the other thing is that – like-
0: I really hope the organization notices like what's going on here. This is a this is a fan base like if uh, I, I talked about what that oh six oh seven season when they went twenty two and sixty and we got voted like most intimidating fans in hockey that year. Like they have eroded the fan base so much that people do not want to go to games.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is with Giroux with all the rumors now with him moving on. I'm sure that's affecting the, mor- the morale in that room there. I mean, you're everyone
0: has to know his time's up, and yeah. you're just waiting for the captain and best player on the team to be traded now, and then what?
5: Yeah,
2: yeah, 15-359. Oh, 15, 359. <laughs> yeah. oh it's, it's really, I don't know, it seemed a little high to me. <laughs> I but, feel you. Well, I wonder what Dave Scott's thinking. Uh, I wonder what Brian Roberts is thinking, actually. I don't really care about Dave Scott, but uh, it, it's got to reach a point where it's going to start hitting the bottom line and they're, they're going to be looking for answers uh, up top.
0: Well, it's something I thought about the other night, Warren. Uh, <laughs> like, they just dumped. They just dumped a bunch of money into the Wells Fargo Center. And now I'm sure, like, the Sixers' rent is ridiculous. And uh, I'm sure it's expensive for concerts and wrestling events and whatever the fuck to go on at Wells Fargo Center. And they're making their money back. But the bread and butter is the NHL team that owns the arena. And on those nights, they can't be, they can't be doing well. Like, yeah, that 15000 is a soft, soft number tonight. That's a joke. All right, thanks a lot, Warren. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Brandon St. Randy. Brandon, you're live on the post game. Well, how are you tonight, Brandon?
6: I'm just swell. How do you um, how do you ice it on a power play? And you, it's you're on your fourth power play of the you night, know, and you I, don't get a shot on the net.
0: I was uh, I was like in the in the middle of something. I was like looking at my phone, and then I was just doing something in my house, and then I looked back up. And they had a defensive zone. Uh, thank you for saying that they iced it. That makes sense. They had a, a defensive zone draw. And I was like, how the fuck did this happen? What did they do? <laughs> like, they're so. They're better. Like, five on five, they look decent tonight. Like, they couldn't score. Merz Lincoln's played a good game. Uh, and, like, Columbus's goalie won them the game tonight. Like, uh, we can be down on the Flyers and they suck, blah, blah, blah. Tonight. They didn't play horrible, and they still lost, which honestly bodes well for their draft position. But five on five, they were good. Yeah. The, no, the power like, play is so bad; it's embarrassing.
6: It's the it too. It's like definitely, like it's obviously in their head, but it's so clearly, it's like a, it's like a, oh fuck, we have to go up a guy and like try to score. Like it, it's such a. It's such a weight on them. I feel like where the it should be like you, you almost should know that you're gonna score if you have a power play. But for them, I just feel like it, it's like they would rather just be like, can't we just have like half the amount of time and see what happens and then maybe it won't look that bad. But aside, from, like power play has been off all year. But like everybody bitching about TK, that I don't know what that like. He just disappears for large stretches of the game, and unless he's barking and yapping the entire time, he's invisible. And I'm one hundred percent like I want to give Morgan Frost a decent amount of time to try to see if he can become something on the team, but that guy gets forced off the puck a lot. He does
0: uh, like, and I'll let you finish, Brandon. But like Morgan Frost, um, at this point can't have any value and can't go back to the AHL because right. what's the point? So like, it's really just. Become something, kid. Like, yeah. please become something. I, the 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 idea of he him becoming special is already dead. Now I'm just like, please become a third line center. Right, uh, and uh, it's like, like we I already put, have. Be a,
6: this,
0: <laughs> yeah, be we, a be we, a useful player for us.
6: We have an organization of third of uh, bottom six guys, and now it's just like, can you just please become that? So at least we have not another wasted guy in the draft, but. I mean, like he should just—they should just focus on him doing things that he's that got him to where he is, instead of trying to make him another 200 foot player. Like we have enough 200 foot guys. Yeah,
0: like asking him to like focus on other aspects of his game, like uh, you
6: know. I heard him say that too. He's like, I'm trying to work on all these other things. Like, fuck that, dude. Do you see this team? you don't need to work on any of that. Like, fire the skills coach, the skating coach, like whatever those fucking idiots are telling you. Just get rid of those guys because they're not helping at any capacity.
0: I'm not saying he's as skilled as Danny Breer, because oh, honestly, no, no, no. very few players in the number. history of the game are as skilled as Danny Breer. But like, no, they slapped 48 on him. And to me, that's kind of like an oh, acknowledgement. I
6: wouldn't want
0: yeah. it. It's kind of an acknowledgement of like, yeah, we're just gonna let him fucking cherry pick. He you know you know whose job defense is? Everybody else's. Right. Like I, asking him to be a two hundred foot player is a waste of his time, our time, everyone's time.
6: Yeah, like if you're an into a and they ask you to start back checking a little bit and you never won a cup, like it's a little bit different. He's a generational talent. But if you're just a guy trying to stay and like have a job in the NHL so you're not working at fucking, you know, Burger King, I I would just just do whatever you need to do, Morgan Frost. Last thing though is what like I just want the Flyers to do something extremely bold. Like it used to be so exciting knowing that they were in it for anybody. Like I remember like my uncle calling me when they got Peter Forsberg and thinking like I cannot believe that we just got Peter Forsberg. Granted, it was Peter Forsberg with a you know a bionic leg, but it was still hey, Peter man, Forsberg.
0: That first season
6: yeah. was incredible. No, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you have him just going at it with Crosby. like I don't even know who they could target now. Realistically, like who has a skill level, or even the Lindros thing, it's like they have to do something drastic, other than like, a, oh, we got Rasmus Ristolainen, and you know, we got Cam Atkinson, which is basically like heads or tails of a you know, like a Voracek. Like, I, I know it's really tough for them being in the situation they're in, but they really have to try to do something that's gonna change things drastically.
0: Yeah, and at this point, like uh, the time to do that was the last two years. Yeah, I know. and now it's just like. You know what? You're if they stuck. go out and spend, if they go out and spend a bunch of money this off season, I'll be excited because at least that'll be something. But like,
6: they can't uh, run it back though. Yeah, they can't.
0: how? Like, what good will it do? <laughs> like, if they go out and get Johnny Goudreau, will they be a better team or will they just have one more guy we like?
6: Yeah, and it'll just be him waiting for the trade deadline. And yeah, <laughs> basically that'll be it. I don't know, but it was a good talking though.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Uh, right before we wrap up, we don't have any more calls, but uh, he brought up the because we talked about um, great memories uh, on because I wanted to just start to uh, the show this week, the BSH radio with, you know, we do a lot of complaining. I wanted to just start with remember when this team made us happy and it's not like they've won in any of our lifetimes. You know, if anyone's listening out there who got to see them lift a the cup. Congratulations. You you got to see something amazing. But there was a time where at least a lot of the season would make us happy. Sure, it would end in disappointment. But again, we're not at the halfway point. The season's fucking over. We're looking at the draft and trading Claude Giroux, one of the best players in franchise history. So uh, there were better times. Talking about Peter Forsberg, I will never forget uh, when they signed him. I was working at Pizza Hut. Uh, Yeah, I was working at Pizza Hut. I was a cook. Um, I was listening to WMMR on my, uh, my stereo in the, in the kitchen. And I believe it was Matt Cord came on the air and said, uh, we signed, uh, we signed Peter Forsberg and I start jumping up and down and my manager comes back goes, what, what the fuck's going on back here? We go, Oh, the, the Flyers, they just signed a really good player, Peter Forsberg. Like, I was like, I don't know if this guy knows anything about hockey. And he's like, what? We did what? And the dude, like, comes over and high fives me and grabs me in a big hug. And it was like, you know, I'm seven, 16, 17 years old and I barely knew this guy and, like, just celebrating. And it reminded me, thinking of that, reminded me of when the Flyers signed uh, Jeremy Roenick. And I was listening to WIP, uh, coming home from the Deptford Mall uh, in, my, in, in the car with my mom. And they announced we signed JR. Pull back into my neighborhood, park the car. My buddy Frankie, if you listen to BSH, you know I reference Frankie all the time. He's my sports brother. Uh, I get out of the car, and I yell, we fucking signed Roenick. And I'm like a little kid. Uh, (laughs) And I run over to his driveway, and I literally jumped up into his arms, and we were, like, dancing in his driveway. Uh, Man, remember those times? That was great shit. But here we are uh, talking about a Philadelphia Flyers team that has lost 10 in a row for the second time before the halfway point. That's right. It is game 40. They have their second 10-game losing streak. They will look to end it or extend it, whatever you prefer, uh, on Saturday against the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo, man, I had Buffalo on the money line tonight. They were plus 185. They get up to a 2-0 lead. They had a lead in the third. They lose 5-4 in regulation, the fuckers. Uh, But uh, Buffalo not playing horribly lately, Uh, so we'll see. Uh, But that's it. That's all the time I have for you tonight on BSH Radio. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. I say it all the time, but I guarantee it. Your entertainment level, the amount that you enjoy listening to everything on the BSH, on the Broad Street Hockey podcast feed, will be double or triple the amount of entertainment you get out of watching the Flyers, maybe ten times. Well exponentially better than watching the Flyers was listening to us on the podcast feed uh, talk about them. So subscribe, do all that, maybe leave us a five-star review. It would all be very much appreciated. All right, that's it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. And if you haven't already, oh no, I already did this. Uh, So thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.